Second Peter. Second Peter, chapter one. You know, whenever you read Second uh, Peter, it's um, in some ways it's tender, and in other ways it's uh, it's strong. Uh, it's written written by a man who has had a full life serving the Lord. Uh, the Lord called him to follow him, and uh, when he was out fishing one day, the Lord the Lord likes to call people like that. People who are common, ordinary, so, so that whenever he pours his strength into them, uh, he can get the glory for it. And so we're going to begin reading in verse number 10 today, Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. What he's saying here is, I want you to be sure of your salvation. And you've heard me say it before, if you, you can face anything in life if you know where you're going when you die. In fact, the Bible was written so that you can have assurance of salvation. If somebody comes up to you and asks you, hey, where are you going to go when you, when you die? You ought to be able to come up with a good answer. An answer not just like, hey, I hope I'm going to go to heaven or maybe I'll go to heaven. Uh, the real answer is I know I'll go to heaven because that's what the Bible teaches me. First uh, John 5.13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Eternal life is something knowable. It's something that you need to know. And then you won't have to worry. Because you can't threaten anybody with heaven, can you? You know, hey, listen, you're going to die pretty soon and you're going to go to heaven. That's a, that's a good thought, isn't it? And so, and so here Peter says, listen, I want you to make sure that you're saved. You have assurance of salvation. In verse number 11, he says, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's our ultimate destination right there, uh, the everlasting kingdom of the Lord. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you, and I'd like for you to underline a few things in your Bible because it's always good to write in your Bible and have like a little commentary. Every now and then, someone will leave church and they'll say, Hey, Pastor, you know what you told us to write in our Bible this morning? Well, you told us that 15 years ago. I wrote it in my Bible. It's still the same quote. <laughs> well, there's nothing too wrong with that as long as you space it out at least over 15 years, right? For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in this present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent, referring to his body, to stir you up and remind you. It's interesting. He keeps using the word remind here actually uses it three times. Uh, he says, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to remind you of something you already know. Uh, and uh, yes, I think it's right so long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off this tent just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. 
Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a, look what it says, a reminder. You've heard people say that repetition is the best teacher, right? That's why your parents used to always hound you. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then finally you got it after about 500 statements. And so he says, listen, my job is to remind you. And so he says, you can be sure I'm going to keep reminding you. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my my decease or death. For we did not follow cunningly, cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't create this message, Peter said, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw Jesus in his personal ministry. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now, you know what he's talking about, those of you who've read the Bible, New Testament. He's talking about the transfiguration. And so we have this prophetic word confirmed. He said that was confirmation to me that the prophecies in the Old Testament were true. Which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. And the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture, that means the Old Testament, is of any private interpretation or origin. For prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, I've chosen this topic this morning and, uh, because that's really what we're learning. Lessons learned from a life well lived. You know, Peter was not a perfect person. If you study, if you study his life in the Bible, you'd be really shocked at how very common he was and how many mistakes he made. But, you know, he always seemed to be able to enjoy the forgiveness of God, stand up, uh, brush himself off, and and go on with life. And, you know, I think think God admires that in every one of us. Uh, We all stumble, we all fall, we all fall short, don't we, in so many ways. Uh, But the Lord's always there to do what? Just kind of lift us up and set us on the road again. Well, that's Peter. That's, That's his life. In chapter 1 here, he first of all talks about our profession of faith. Remember back in verse number 1, he talks about our precious faith. Uh, because that's where it all begins. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God. And so, and so the Lord gives you and me the opportunity to, to believe in him, to accept him as our Savior. That's where everything begins. But Peter said, and if you were here last Sunday, you got a big dose of this, that that's not where our life is to end. You know, having faith in Jesus Christ, that's the starting line. Peter says, now listen, I want you to add to your faith. And remember we went over the list last week? Virtue, goodness, all of those things, self-control. I want you to progress in, in your faith. I want you to grow. You know, one of the most exciting things in all the world is to grow in your faith. When I was thinking about this message this morning, I transported myself, and it's getting harder and harder all the time, back into my early years. When I first started to really grow in the Lord, I was about 18 years of age. I was in the Air Force, and I was just trying to find my way in the world. 
And uh, I dedicated my life to Christ, and boy, I started to grow. You know, they, in, the, in the service back in that day, I, I think they still do it. They give you a little New Testament. It's about the, you put, I had that. I wore that thing out, man. I really wore that. I couldn't get enough of God. Uh, when I would get in the car, I'd put the Christian radio station in, and I'd listen to people like Charles Half. It was the, uh, the Jewish... It was a Jewish Bible teacher, and I just couldn't wait for him to come on the, on the radio so that I could learn more about the Bible. And so I was, I was so alive. Every, everything, was, everything revolved around Jesus, and it was so exciting. And, I, you know, I can transport myself back there. Now, it can't always be like that in our, in our life, but oftentimes in the beginning it's that way. Can you identify with me? How many people had that experience? Would you raise your hand? Quite a few. I mean, when you first came to Christ, it was like, whoa, you better strap me down because I'm, gonna, I'm out of control. But after a while, uh, we kind of go through that initial growth stage. And what Peter says in chapter 1, listen, after you get through that stage, you have to go on to the next stage. You have to keep growing in your faith. You have to keep progressing. And then, verse number 10, we read it here, is the culmination of our faith. Where does the journey end? It, it ends in heaven. Uh, and the scripture says that some people will have an abundance, abundant entrance into heaven. You know, there are several ways for a Christian to go to heaven. Now, this is interesting. Abundantly or not abundantly. Um, some people will be rewarded abundantly for the life that they've lived in the world. Other people, the Bible says, will enter heaven so as by fire. That means just squeak in. Now, that's not bad. The alternative is not good. The alternative is not good. But what we do with our faith will determine our entrance into heaven. It's going to be either an abundant entrance or entered by fire, 1 Corinthians 3.15. And so what Peter is saying here, and what Peter is saying is he's teaching you and me his passion to finish well. He wants to finish well. Uh, this last week, uh, Pastor Al was sick. And uh, he asked me to speak to our senior sweet 60s. And uh, I, I always like to do that. And um, I, I looked around the room and I saw a lot of people finishing well. They were still serving the Lord. They started out serving the Lord many, many years ago, and now they're, they, just, they just continue to serve the Lord. And what, what did finishing well mean to him? It meant strengthening the believers, encouraging other people. Now, how did this come about? Well, Luke twenty-two thirty-one gives us an insight into this. Let's read it. Would you help me read this? And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. He said, Peter, I know you're going through a hard time right now. Satan is, Satan is trying to destroy you, but I'm praying for you. Now, that's a good thought, isn't it? That your faith does not fail. But, and when you get this all sorted out, and when you return to me, this is what I want you to do. I want you to strengthen your brethren. And so here, this is in the back of the mind of Peter. Peter said, my mission in my life is to strengthen other Christians. And that's a good mission. He got it from the Lord. Uh, 
You know, when you give your life to Christ, you think that uh, you can do everything. I know I thought that. Uh, you can win all the souls there, there, there are to be won, and you can make all the meetings, and you can go to all the events, and you can serve on all the boards, and you can do it all yourself. And after a period of time, you realize, you know, I can't do this all. I've got to include other people. I have to, I have to pass this information on so that God's work will prosper in a better way. Second Timothy chapter 2 is important to pastors. Let's read this. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. This means pass the information on. This means whenever you learn something, give it to someone else. Uh, because uh, they're going to use it and then they're going to give it to someone else. And that's how our faith grows. It doesn't grow just by us becoming a sponge and not passing it on. Find somebody, though, who is faithful and then pass it on. Peter is carrying out his spiritual responsibilities. And one of his responsibilities was to continue to repeat the truth. Verse 12, verse 13, verse 15. Uh, Do you ever get weary of hearing things repeated? Well, just be reminded that repetition is the best teacher. It really is. Um, Paul really referred to this when he was talking to the Philippian church. In Philippians 3.1, let's read this. Whatever happens, my dear brothers, repetition. I never get tired of telling you these things. Uh, don't get tired of repetition. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 gives us a little uh, further insight. Let's read this. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. You know, the message that we should be repeating all the time is the message of the cross. It should always be on our lips. Uh, when somebody bumps into us, that's what we talk about. Uh, and then they say, hey, listen, don't bump into him. I'll tell you what he's going to talk about. And then after a while, you'll be like alone out there, you know. But God will give you somebody to bump into, and you can talk about it some more. Because it's the difference between life and death. It's the difference between heaven and hell. The message of the cross, we never get tired of it. It is the power of God. It energizes us. It really does. You know, uh, a sports team will practice the same fundamentals over and over. A lot of new players on the team. Uh, and uh, the coaches say, hey, listen, we have to do the basics right. The same is in the church. You know, there are people in our church that have been saved 50, 60, and I don't know how many more years. But there are people in our church that just accepted the Lord a couple weeks ago. And they're sitting here, too. And so they have no clue what the basics are. And so what we have to do is we have to enjoy the repetition of it uh, because they're experiencing it for the first time. And we all have to get on the same page because it's the basics in the Christian life that make the difference. It really is. And Satan often tries to get us out on the peripheral uh, talking about things that are non-essential when it's the essential things that make all the difference. And so Christianity is only one generation away from extinction. And uh, the next generation is walking around our church right now. And so that's why we repeat ourselves. 
we keep telling them, hey, listen, we got the next generation coming on here. They have to learn. Peter is working against the clock. And he uses the term here, the tent, referring to his body. You know, a tent is a temporary dwelling. His, Peter is getting old, or the flames of persecution is getting near to him. And he said, listen, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fold up my tent. But as long as I'm in, the, in this body, I'm going to keep reminding you of what you need to know. Uh, Peter did know that he'd never die a natural death. Some of you may in this auditorium. My mother did. She died of natural causes. That's, I don't know how rare that is. I, I have no statistics on that. But Peter knew from the very beginning of his ministry how he was going to die because Jesus explained it to him. In John 21, 18. Let's, let's look at that together. Okay, let's read. I tell you the truth. When you were young... Isn't that interesting? Jesus said, listen, you, you, in your younger life, you're going to do what you want to, but when you get down to the end of the road, they're going to crucify you. You're going to, you're going to die on a cross. And then, he says, and then he says, are you still in? <laughs> do you still want to sign up? <laughs> uh, and he says, now listen, if you're in for that, what's the last two words? Follow, Follow me. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, he was, uh, tradition says, and you've heard this before, tradition says that Peter died uh, by way of crucifixion and he requested when he was crucified to be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die in the same manner that Jesus died. And I can see Peter doing that. I really can see him doing that. Well, um, the next thought that he develops here is the fact that experiences fade. Um, he talks about the transfiguration. He says, listen, what I'm telling you is not something we made up. I've seen his glory. We didn't create this message. Uh, this was a great, the transfiguration was a great experience for Peter. I, I think Peter needed it. In our Christian journey, oftentimes the Lord will give us a few experiences to encourage us along the way. How many times have you prayed to the Lord, Lord, just give me something. <laughs> just give me a little something. Just encourage me in a little way. Well, remember, Peter, uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up into the Mount of Transfiguration. He encouraged them in a big way. Because it was on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Lord's, the Father's voice came booming down and said, This is my beloved Son, what? In whom I am well pleased. Now, that would encourage you, wouldn't you? He said, man, I think I'm on the, wrong, the right side here now. Uh, I was getting a little shaky, but now I'm okay again. And so he gave him a great experience. Peter, I know you need this. Uh, this was the transfiguration of the Son of God. Uh, he would be disfigured so much that one day they wouldn't even recognize who he was. But in the transfiguration, he gave Peter, James, and John a glimpse of Eternity. What is he going to be like out there? A glimpse of glory. 
Peter says here, I was an eyewitness of his majesty. And remember when Jesus prayed in John 17, 5, he says, Oh, now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Matthew 17, 2 says that he shined like the sun. So here's Peter, James, and John. They're going up on the mountain, and all of a sudden, Jesus' uh, Jesus' whole figure became like the sun. How many people ever had your parents say, Don't ever look at the sun? go blind. I guess you will. I don't know. It's pretty bright, isn't it? The Bible says that's what happened on top of the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Jesus was giving them a, a glimpse of glory. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 16 says, you alone are immortal, dwelling in unapproachable light. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, is I'm going to give you a glimpse of the future. And right now it's going to get real dark, but after the darkness comes the light. And the Father spoke that word, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Well, this was, a, this was a picture of the second coming of Christ in miniature. This was a great experience. And so Peter says, listen, I'm here to tell you by I'm an eyewitness of his majesty of his glory. You know, eyewitness testimony is good testimony. You know that? Uh, but it's kind of subjective. It's not always perfect. But it's about as best as we can get in this world. But have you ever tried to pass testimony on to another person and see what happens to it? I remember just this last week I called one lady in the church, and I'll say that because she's not here. And she's going to go in for an operation. And so here's the pastor. He knows all things, right? How you doing? I hear you're getting a new hip. She says, no, it's a knee. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hear that, um, I hear you've had this before. She said, no, I've never had it. anything like this before. <laughs> I felt like hanging up and saying, could we start this all over? Could we start this all over again? Now, one person told me that. One person messed up the story. Now, if I would have shared that with like three others, there is no telling what would happen. I mean, that lady would have been out here in Jefferson Cemetery just like that. Now, eyewitness testimony is fine. But you know what Peter said? I know that eyewitness testimony is good, and that's all they had back in that day from the apostles. But he said, listen, I'm going to make sure that after I die, you're going to have this information. And so that's why he writes these letters, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. So he, he writes this all down. And, uh, and then he goes on and he says, listen, uh, the word of God remains forever. Uh, let's drop down to verse number 19. And so we have this prophetic word confirmed. That's the Old Testament prophecies. It was confirmed through the transfiguration. You know, when you read those Old Testament prophecies, Peter said, listen, when I got up under the mountain with Jesus and he showed me a glimpse of who he really is, it confirmed to me that all this stuff is true. Uh, this, is, this is confirmed to me, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Uh, the scripture is a light that 
shines in a dark place. Uh, the Word of God is a force that draws men away from the world. If you will be honest and you will take the Bible and you will read it and assimilate it and believe it and do it, uh, you will get further and further away from the worldly system in which we live. That doesn't mean that you'll leave and you'll become a monk somewhere and anything like that, but that means that you will become more and more uncomfortable with what's going on around you. Because the world is going in the wrong direction as fast as it can go, straight to hell. That's what the Bible teaches. And, uh, and there, there is a remnant that's going in the other direction. We're swimming against the stream. We're cutting against the grain. And, and so when we assimilate the Bible, we become more and more uncomfortable with where the world is going. And we start feeling more and more ill at ease in this world. Because remember that old song, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up where? Somewhere beyond the blue. And, uh, and the, the closer you draw to Christ, the more you realize, hey, that's really true. Um, the word of God remains forever. What does it accomplish? Look at verse number 19 which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Again, let me take you back to my service days. When I was first starting to grow as a Christian, I was in the Air Force, and uh, I was in love with Jesus. Uh, and we had a group of guys on the base that were excited about God. And when lunchtime came, we'd get together and we'd study the Bible. We'd talk about the Bible. We'd read the Bible. We'd talk about it. And, uh, and we, didn't, we didn't make life miserable for other people. We didn't do it uh, obnoxiously. We kind of like meet in a group over there, and the people would say, okay, that's them over there. And, and we'd study the Bible, and, and we, people would say, hey, listen, we're having fun. Because, you know, when you, when you know the purpose for which you're born, I'll tell you, life gets, can be fun. It can be fun. And so we're over there having fun, and, and what happens, we're studying the Word of God, and these guys are taking the Word of God out to their buddies on the Air Force Base, and they're sharing it. And you know what's happening to the group? The group is growing. The group is growing. Because this guy wants to know over here, hey, what's going on over there? Those guys are having a good time, and the center of it is the Bible. And so the, the scripture says here that the word of God uh, is something that shines the light in a dark place. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, this lamp, a lamp is something that anticipates uh, the dawn and it, uh, it brings light. And you know, when you open the Bible and you begin to see what's in there, I'll tell you, it puts a light on your life. You know that? It shows you where you're really going and where you really need to go. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. Because the Lord's trying to get you and me to walk further and further, farther and farther in the light.